0: Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of Talking Total Talent and for those new to the series Talking Total Talent is a, a podcast and video series um, that looks at all things total talent management or total talent acquisition. By that we mean um, external temp, hiring in, um, internal mobility, uh, talent uh, mobility, and then also direct sourcing of contingent workers. For this episode, really pleased to be joined by Kerry Kallenbach. Kerry is the head of people and culture at uh, fast-growing Australian software company, Adventus. And uh, she is four months in now and we hear all about her first 90 days and how she's setting the business up for quite significant growth um, via the TA function. Okay, let's get stuck in. Hello and welcome to this episode of Talking Total Talent with me, your host, Ben Satchwell. And this week, I'm really pleased to uh, welcome Kerry Callenbach from Adventus. Hello, Kerry.
1: Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me.
0: I know. Thank you so much for coming on. So as ever, for episode 11, we'll get straight into it. Um, Kerry, why don't you start by um, telling us a bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I work at Adventist, I'm head of people and culture. Um, Here And uh, my background, I think I'm close to nearly 20 years working in HR across a broad range of industries, um, really cut my teeth in banking as um, a recruitment, uh, then moved on to big four and spent over a decade there working across talent acquisition, graduate recruitment, People and culture and people's strategy. Um, attempted to go out on myself, uh, doing independent consulting for a number of years, and that brought me a huge range of experience and challenges and wonderful clients, um, and led me to now being at an tech startup as um, head of head of HR. <laughs> yeah,
0: excellent. And um, I must admit, so I didn't know Kerry before this, and I cold outreach on LinkedIn on the basis of um, not just your background but I thought Adventus was super cool with what you're doing. So maybe let's just spend a minute or two on um, sort of what Adventus do and also if you could talk us through the um, makeup of the HR function, how long you've been there.
1: Yeah so um, that's so great that you found us and you think we're pretty cool. So um, we are an edtech startup so Um, Our wonderful founders, Ryan, Lincoln, Victor and Richard, um, a number of years ago, really wanted to revolutionise the way that um, higher education student recruitment is done. Um, And they found that one in three students changed their degree after their first year of university. And when you think about the amount of money and investment that goes into someone going into college or university, that's a lot of money, right? And so why are they changing after their first year? And so what they found was that the traditional way of international student recruitment um, hadn't really changed. So um, they wanted to democratize it and really kind of revolutionize the way we do it. So they have um, created a SaaS platform that basically allows um, student recruiters and counselors and universities and institutions to connect. Um, And so that way, rather than a student only having access to, you know, a couple of colleges through their recruitment counsellor, they now have access to over 820 institutions across the globe um, to really expand um, their opportunity to go to university, which is kind of really cool.
0: Yeah, it is very cool. Very cool. What's the size of the HR function at the moment?
1: Yeah so it is me <laughs> and I've got a wonderful um, HR manager in Sri Lanka um, yeah. who who looks after our Sri Lankan team over there so just just the two of us at this stage.
0: No we should touch on that actually so um, you're, where, where have you got employees at the moment globally?
1: Yeah so we are located in um, Australia, the UK, Vietnam, Singapore, um, Sri Lanka, India, Nepal, Pakistan, and Bangladesh.
0: Perfect. So that will come out later as we go, because there's obviously <laughs> unch- challenges around that and complexity around that. So you are now five months in seat, is that right? Yeah,
1: good question. So I started at the start of September um, last year, Yep. Um, so with, um, uh, uh, I guess much to the raised eyebrows of many people, um, wondering why I had left a great job to go to an edtech startup in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, but I think what I saw in that was just the real excitement and challenge you get from um having no HR function and really that opportunity to build it um, and build a talent function from ground up, that that just doesn't happen. That that opportunity doesn't present itself very often. So for me, it was the vision and the purpose and the real excitement you got from the founders when you speak to them and that opportunity to create um, just a workplace where people want to come to work and we can thank them for giving us hours out of their life to help us achieve their vision, that was something I couldn't pass on.
0: Oh, brilliant, brilliant. So um, let's get stuck a bit into your first 90 days then. So um, sort of first senior HR uh, person in the business, uh, you know, a bit of complexity that we've already touched on, we're digging into more. How did you decide, there's there's many different frameworks for a first 90 days, but how did you decide to um, prioritize and and, and can you talk us a bit more or unpack how you went about that?
1: Yeah. um, I think there's a. um, The the first thing that I went in with was actually just went in listening um, and really spent that time to um, meet with as many people as I possibly could and listen and get a sense of what's actually working, um, where do we see um, opportunities to um, put in processes or frameworks, um, and where do we see uh, what's our strategy, and then what needs to be built around that. And I think that's one of the things is that when you you have that blank palette, um, you often want to come in and you want to try and do everything and as much as you can and draw upon all the experiences and great things you've seen and heard. But um, taking that time to really listen and observe is critical in that first 90 days to understand where your priorities are. Mm -hmm. And so after meeting with as many people as I can, really getting an understanding of our strategy and where we wanted to head in the next two to three years, you're then able to identify what your priorities are. And, and honestly, I think there's been moments where I've had 20 and you've got to just then again, take that time to stand back, listen again. And so then you can filter and refine down to where am I going to get the most impact and where all our people have the most impact with my top sort of four to six priorities for the next 12 months. And so that's really focusing around, um, you know, in a startup, you've got growth. So that means recruitment and talent acquisition is critical. That's that's your number one priority. But then you've also got talent retention. So how do we retain our talent to ensure the great people we've got on board? How do we retain them to t- continue taking us through our growth and our development as well? Um, And then you layer it on with the other. Well, to get to that growth, we need good performance. What does that look like? So you start to identify, knowing your strategy and listening, you'll then be able to identify what your priorities are from that.
0: Okay, cool, great. So um, talking total talent, the the podcast that we are. So we'll talk about the talent acquisition component a bit more. Um, Do you, you, does uh, the business have forecasted growth? Do you know your headcount growth that you're anticipating in the coming years?
1: Yeah, so right now we're very excited. We're about to um, hit our 200th employee on the 1st of February, which is really exciting. So they'll be part of our founding 200 group, which is a really big milestone for us. So we're excited to be able to welcome that person on. Um, We anticipate we will probably double our growth within the next 12 months.
0: Wow. Um, um... (laughs) One other other thing, Um, congratulations to the founders getting to nearly 200 before they got you on board. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they had, you know, without, um, don't get me wrong, I've got a little bit of experience with founders and, and I'm very respectful of them, but organisation of the HR function I've not seen from founders before, so I'm sure that you've got that, that into shape pretty quickly. So, um, okay, so when, when we look at uh, TA then, um, given the current structures, processes, systems, everything that's in place, how did you go about setting the scene? So understanding current state and where you wanted to get to in a future state?
1: yeah really good question um look i was really lucky to be honest with you there was really a good core a good hr core um already in the business and that's full credit to the leaders and, and and everyone within Adventist to be to be have done that without any hr um so that was a really pleasant surprise Um, And so what they had done to start with is they had identified two um, external recruitment partners to really just help them with their recruitment over that um, period before I'd come on. But what was really evident to me was is um, our people and our culture is critical to the founders and to the core of what Adventist is about. Um, So to do that, what does our recruitment look like? And really taking a focus on that whole talent acquisition from um branding what does our branding look like how are we advertising out for pre-boarding um right through to you know that that um continuous retention and life cycle so what i have done is just literally have implemented a new process um is that our first interview if if our culture and our people are so important our first interview is purely around values alignment and culture ad Because um, to use um, or steal Netflix's famous line is that we don't want toxic jerks. Um, You know, we need people who are really going to live our values in what they do and um, really add something to our culture. We don't necessarily want culture fit. We want culture ad because that's what's going to make us a really great company. So that is the first stage of our recruitment process um, from there. Then we'll go into a technical deep dive. That's when we'll get really deep into your experience and your knowledge and those technical skills we need. And then we'll go from there. Third interview, really getting to meet the team, right? Is that often when you're coming through a recruitment process, it's a rigid kind of inauthentic process. You know, it can be quite formal. And I think... Um, with the world that we're living in at the moment our interviews have been online and so you don't get to have that personal touch or interactions in that interview process and particularly when we're global I'm interviewing people overseas as well so having that opportunity to meet people from who you would be working closely with on a day-to-day basis is a really important part of our process um, and important for the candidate as well, that they can see who am I gonna be working with? So we've got our implemented our three-stage process um, and literally we're now going through how do we build the capability of our managers to run that process? How do they interview? What does a good interview look like? Um, And then also living our values through that. One of them is radical transparency how do we be transparent with candidates around what our process is, um, what, what can they expect at each stage of the interview and what does a, a career at Adventist look like? So it's really bringing our values to life through our talent acquisition process to making sure that we are truly living what we say we're about.
0: It's great to hear that that intertwines throughout the whole process as well. And this is the first time, first time I've heard of the, getting the values up front. Um, which is great so you know all of us have been hired we're used to the values at the very end bit of a bolt on when you could argue you've already probably got the job um so and I also <laughs> like um not uh I like the phraseology and uh, not culture fit culture ad so um I think that'll make a social snippet so we'll make a snippet out of that <laughs> um I know that we're still in the, when we're recording this we're still mid COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. um, so it might be skewed on challenges given the pandemic but what would you say are the top challenges that you're going to face moving forward for talent acquisition
1: yeah um you know I think it, it, it's such a good question and I literally was only discussing this with our CEO Ryan this morning saying um really for me what's in the last week it's made me really reassess actually, um, the challenge of COVID, I actually think what it's gonna create is an opportunity for us to go, how do, how do we work? Um, how do we go about the way that we, um, you know, work with our people and people work with us? Um, and so seeing that as an opportunity, because I think if we just took the challenge approach, the reality is this challenge is probably here for, for the foreseeable future. So let's flip it and change it into an opportunity. I think the biggest challenges provided is from a talent acquisition is, is as I was saying, that the whole interview um, and how we engage with candidates has fundamentally changed. You know, if you think about a traditional interview, they sit in the foyer and you'd often, you know, you shake the hand and you get that connection with someone from the face-to-face interaction you have. And that's really lost when you're doing things virtually you know, or you might then pick up cues that you get in an in-person interview. Like how did they talk to the receptionist? Um, You know, how did they engage with other people? And so you don't get any of that um, in a virtual interviewing world. So I think for um, me, it's really critical that we change the way we interview online because we will be doing online interviewing. And and as a tech company, we should be embracing technology with the way that we do talent acquisition Um, So, it's around how do we make that conversation, uh, an interview or conversation, so we can get to know the person. So, really having more banter um, and really having more just straight chats, water cooler chat in the interview, so we can get to know the person on a one-on-one level. So, I think that's our biggest challenge. And then a flow on of that is how do we keep that engagement going? So once the talent is acquired, or you know they're on board, is how do we continue getting them um, to be engaged through their through their time with us at Adventus? So I think there's kind of a two prong challenge with it.
0: Uh, yeah, that's it's a couple of interesting points in there. There's one triggered my thinking was um, I, I logged into LinkedIn first thing this morning I saw a really interesting update by someone that was around the need to change the way to recruit is around not um, reactionary okay I've got a job wreck. I need to go fill it's have the demand created in advance and how businesses today the brand is key and the employer brand and we will talk about that but actually you mentioned Ryan there one of the founders but people identify and connect with the brand of those founders and those human beings behind that. Um, has that, you spoke with Ryan this morning, has, is that on, on the horizon? Is, is he already active on social? Media? I'm just not aware or like. Yeah.
1: Um, we ha- honestly, we have the best founders. I ge- <laughs> I genuinely um, say that they, uh, they are so kind and passionate and enthusiastic and so genuinely appreciative of every single person that, um, you know, comes and works with us at Adventus. So um, they are very much engaged and will often um, very much be part of the interview process or, and wanna be across, who, who's, who are we interviewing? Um, you know, who's this person? Um, so for them, um, the, the term is often used family, you know, who's joining the family? Um, and I think that's really great because as you grow, that tendency as a founder to really connect with people becomes harder and more challenging as, as you get more people on board, but they make a really conscious effort to ensure that they can still connect with everyone, um, which is great.
0: Can you imagine that's coming to its own during the pandemic when, you know, everyone, you and I were talking just before this about the impacts of the lockdown in, in Melbourne and, and many many one up here in Sydney and what have you. And it's like, there's probably my leadership got found out a little bit for a lot of people like great leaders like that will bind everyone together will understand that there's other things going on you <laughs> know we speak about conversations mm-hmm. with kids in the background kids and stuff like that so it's, um, it's yes it's, it's, yeah
1: and then they did a couple of wonderful things throughout that is to how do we you know because to give you an example is um we continue to grow at a rapid pace even through covid so our recruitment has never stopped um, so I think we've added on um, maybe 20 people alone in Australia during, during COVID. And then when you add all the other countries as well, is that we didn't stop at all. Um, and so when you're scaling at the growth you have and when you layer it with the pandemic, they made a real uh, and our leaders, all of our leaders did as well, is being really intentional about the way that they communicated and connected with people. So things such as we set up a channel on Slack called Adventist Daily Life where people would post photos of meals that they had cooked or beautiful walks they had gone on and so you get to see incredible photos of like sunsets on a beach in Pakistan um you know a beautiful curry that has been cooked that you know you just dream of having sitting back here in Australia so they made some really intentional ways to connect which I think is really important um so when you're a new person or you're looking at why would I come and join Adventus You can see those moments that matter and, and really um, show that the founders are genuine in their approach.
0: Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Cool. So we talked a bit about the strategy side of things that the people and you said about how you bedded in the process. Let's the, the final sort of piece of the four that we look at is the technology. So, um, uh, you're in first 90 days, you've just gone through that, so 120 now. Um, how important would you say that the technology is to delivering your overall strategy moving forward?
1: It's fundamental. Um, we, we are at that point where we, um, you know, we're small business and we had um, small business practices and processes and frameworks, and we've got to move to that next level. And that means we'll need technology to enable us to do that. Um, so it is around looking at a HR system uh, an ATS um, and then looking at that onboarding element as well. So it's, I would say um, from a talent perspective, we, we won't be able to achieve our goals without technology to support us to get there.
0: Okay, let's, let's unpack that one a bit more then. So um, how, many, how many vendors do you reckon you've evaluated in the last few months?
1: Oh my goodness. Gosh, um, I would say um, from the HRIS side, yep. um, I believe it was eight or nine. Oh. And then, yeah, and then on the other, oh, no, then we had, I reckon it would have to be 15 or 16, Ben, easy.
0: Great. So I've got some qu- questions based on that. So, <laughs> um, if for, for all our listeners out there who are on the buy side, any practical tips that you've got? uh like more broadly when evaluating any of the um potential technology providers?
1: Yeah I think I think what's really important is my biggest tip would be is know where you want to be um and don't um don't buy for now it would be a really big tip is really understand from your founders or your exec or whoever whoever is kind of you know ahead is what's the strategy and where do they see their growth or their pain points um where do they see the people plan connected to that because once you've got a good understanding of that then you can work your way backwards around what you want so i think having a really good deep understanding of your strategy is critical i think it's my second biggest point is remember who your users are, is that, yes, within HR, within talent acquisition, absolutely we are going to be using the system the most. But at the end of the day, the uptake is the candidate. Does the candidate find it an easy, seamless process? Um, Will my managers, um, will will, um, people within the business be able to use it um, and want to use it? So they would be my two biggest tips is know your strategy, and know who your end user is and really get them engaged in that process when you're selecting a vendor.
0: Great stuff. And um, because you spoke with so many vendors, a two-part question. uh, Part one, what did you like that they helped you with and did from a vendor side to help you think through what tech to purchase?
1: Yeah, I think for me, um, and look, maybe it was me just always thinking about how do I apply the values in what I do? But it was that real radical transparency. in what they were talking with me about, understanding they wanted to know what, what our people's strategy was, what were we wanting to achieve out of a, um, a system? Um, and then being really frank around whether or not their product could help me do that. Um, and I remember one vendor in particular, um, you know, and it was one of the really big players in in, in that um, HR system space within 15 minutes said, look, I'd love to work with you, but our system's not right for you, you know? Um, And I remember being a bit taken back by that going, oh, okay, why? But they were really being able to articulate why we weren't and that actually it wasn't a benefit to me for me to use their system. I wouldn't be able to really achieve what I wanted. And then he said, and then I'd let you down and you'd think we weren't good. And I remember walking away just saying... I really appreciated the transparency in that and I'll give you a call in three years time when we are at that point to know in you know how many employees have got.
0: Oh very good and you probably guess where part two is going there. Is there anything that you uh, didn't appreciate or uh, would like vendors to do less of? And that's probably as much a question for me and my peers.
1: So. <laughs> um, I think I think same almost answer but um, radical transparency is that, you know, some of them wouldn't even give you a demo until you'd spoken to them three times, you know, so they wanted to meet with you a number of times before you were even allowed to see their product. Um, and then the other one was um, almost putting a ring around their product is that you couldn't add anything else in. Into it, So you couldn't connect a payroll system or you couldn't connect an onboarding system or whatever that might be. So the plug on part would actually add a huge cost every year um, or they wouldn't allow, you know, to API, whatever it was. So I think that always for me isn't forward thinking. And so probably just from my perspective, I think that that would be encourage people to look at that with their systems is having that transparency.
0: No, that's that's great, and it's, it's a good one for the vendor world from a leadership perspective to hear about because I'm assuming that a lot of the people on the front line there live probably radical transparency in their personal lives. So they, you know, people, you know, how they are with their family and friends and what have you. So um, they're, they're, I'm I'm liking the radical um, transparency value quite a lot. So um, and, and and how did you think about ROI in advance of making a purchase? So. Um, you know, if Ryan said to you, right, what's what are you looking at ROI-wise on this? Um, what, what did you think about that?
1: Yeah, so I think it was for me is if we could digitalise or create efficiencies in the administration side of um, HR and talent acquisition, um, what would that allow us to do? And that would allow us to focus on our people. And I think that was really where I saw the excitement in it, is mm. that um, if I could digitalize but not, not lose that opportunity for um, people to um, still have an experience during the recruitment process, that was one thing. I didn't, I didn't want it to feel automated. Um, yeah. I wanted them to still feel personalised. But if allowing us to have a system then said, okay, well, now we can focus on wellbeing initiatives or we could run our mindfulness workshops um, for people then that for me was a was a win-win um, also allowing managers and empowering them to manage their people and not be reliant on you know sorting through 40 drives to find you know, um, a, a, you know an interview guide or whatever that may be so enabling leaders to lead as well was it was another roi
0: when, it, um, when, when you roll out your tech, you're going to be popular. <laughs> so, <just laughs> give everyone the time, time to do that high value task, so, uh, which is good. Okay, so the, the next round is called the loaded question round, not the most mm-hmm. artistically creative name, but um, these are basically the, the uh, three of the common reasons I see that people don't take on a new talent acquisition strategy. And um, the reason I put them to you is you came in, you looked at the strategy, embedded a new process, You've already had the people around that, so you're upskilling them and then you've gone out and got the tech that you needed. So I think you are a place to answer it. So there's three loaded questions. Question one, I don't have the time and or resources to implement a new talent acquisition strategy. What would you say to them?
1: Make the time. Um, I think what I have learned throughout my years of HR is, um, you know, and, and spending a really good chunk of that in talent acquisition is... When you then go on the other side and you're working as a generalist or you see the impact that not recruiting well has on performance and on a team and on a business. So getting your talent and your recruitment right is fundamental um, to how a business works. So make the time because it is truly impactful across culture, team, performance, well-being. So make the time. (laughs)
0: Great answer, great answer. Um, question two, um, I am concerned about the change management component.
1: I mean change is scary right, who who wants change and I think this year's taught us as well is that actually change is really really scary, we don't like it and I think our natural intrinsic response is we fight it right because as humans we like to know and, and anticipate what's occurring um, but Change can be handled really, really well. It's it's not easy, um, but if you're getting that resistance or you're thinking, gosh, I don't want to do something because I know the challenge I'm going to get with that change, um, the question I would say is what would be the challenge if you didn't change?
0: Good question. We uh put that back to them. So that's good. And then um the next one I thought, um a good one for yourself because you worked in a couple of different industries as well. So, and it's um basically if they're taking a talent acquisition strategy that they've used successfully before, but they're not sure if it is right for their new uh company or industry, what what advice would you give them there?
1: Yeah, I think um don't just jump in straight away with a strategy or an approach you've done in your past because it might not work. Um, You know, I've gone from working in um, corporate, you know, large, you know, international corporates um, through to smaller businesses and now in a startup. And I can tell you right now, the way I do HR now um, would not cut it, (laughs) you know, in a corporate, but that's because you've just got to get things done in a startup you know, and so you might only have things to 80%, but that's good enough for now. And so you've got to be comfortable to learn and have feedback and continue to iterate till you get to your point that you want. So if you've got a talent strategy and you're thinking of just, you can duplicate it and come back in, take the time, kind of, you know, your first 90 days, listen, observe, understand what the strategy is, and then work out whether that talent strategy is, is right for that place. And, and look, I, I'll be honest is um, I'm, I'm my next role I'm recruiting at Adventist is a head of talent acquisition. I need someone who can come in who's that true subject matter expert um, and lean into them. So I think also knowing where your strengths are and where you can leverage someone else's is also really important when you're looking at whether your strategy is gonna work.
0: Great stuff. Um... I didn't know that so i'm gonna do a little i'm gonna i didn't know that was one of your next big roles so bear in mind i, I have a reasonable size reach in ta um watch your what's your elevator pitch and we'll make a snippet for social yeah there's a lot there's a lot i'll give you a, I'll, I'll talk just for 10 seconds to give you a minute to think of it um but uh yeah there's um there's a lot that we've covered here around events as values and what have you we do have a lot of ta leaders listening to this podcast as well so
1: why, why join you in Adventus? Um, you know I think for me as I kind of goes back to why I joined originally is that opportunity to with a blank canvas to create something it is so rare um, and to do something really different. you know we don't want to do the same, we don't want to do traditional. So if you if you're creative and you're innovative, and you wanna really make a difference to the way people work and how they connect with a place. Um, Adventist does that and it embraces that and our founders embrace that um, as do our people. So I think if you look at total talent acquisition, the opportunity to come and do that on a global scale and have real impact is, is ready and waiting for anyone who wants to take that on.
0: Good stuff good stuff Will you let me know when you've uh, had the job rep- uh approved and uh <laughs> you, I'll, I'll make a social post from it no kerry you've been an absolute star some great practical tips in there um i look forward to this while going live and um getting out to our audience so thank you so much for your time kerry
1: thank you ben
0: yes